foodie. 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 From the Not Hungry Studio, which is not actually a studio, we're back in the OG kitchen or dining room, as you could tell by the echoey-ness of the room. And the, the outside noises. <laughs> it's the Not A Booty Show! Hey, Mike. Hey, it's Mike Moranti, at, at Mike Moranti on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And it's Tom Mialy at T Mialy, T-M-I-A-L-E on Twitter and Instagram. And this is the Not A Foodie Show, at Not A Foodie Show on Twitter and Instagram. So... We're back. We're back in the OG spot. Um, just just for today. Maybe we'll do some more shows from here. But I think we wanted to just talk about what, um, what's been going on. So we have been on the radio for six months now. 25 right? episodes wow, consecutive. Like, like 25 consecutive episodes. So we're going on a little bit of a hiatus from the radio um, just because life, we need we need a break. Um, the, we we will be weeks. back on the radio and be be back and recording in the studio. But we just decided that we wanted to record some. We still want to record. We still want to record. So we're back in the in the dining room for now, and uh, and that's that's it. That's where we are. So we took this opportunity to uh, to get Mike to come to Queens and record and did a little Queens food tour this afternoon. Mike is like. He's he's tired. I can tell. I'm looking at like, him. We we ate to, and I'm having a. I have dinner plans tonight with a former, probably the best sushi chef to ever be in Queens. <laughs> okay, Chef Sato. He uh, he had Sato's in Regal Park, but the building got sold. Now he has a place on the Upper East Side, so I'm very very excited to go there tonight. But um, we went to this place called Asian Bowl, which is a terrible name for what it is. Totally generic name. But it's a Burmese. It, it's the size of like a walk-in, take-out Chinese restaurant. But yeah. it's a Burmese restaurant. And we they don't have any explanations for any of the dishes. But the New York Times wrote an article, so we ordered some stuff from there. And the guy was very helpful. And it was just the, the flavors were one dish, the Jin Thot. Thuk, T-H-U-K, I think it is. Yeah. Um, it was like a very Thai reminiscent dish with like peanuts and like ginger and yeah, it was. I, there's so much more going on than yeah. Thai. Like Thai food, I feel like is um, a very clean type food. This was like the ginger was shaved and then marinated, and there was like funky flavors going on, like a lot of fermentation and stuff. Like it was, it was phenomenal, and it was just you know we sort of threw a dart at the menu and said, look, this is what we're gonna get, and so I can't wait to go back and try everything that's there. And then we have these little peppers. These tiny little green peppers, <laughs> that, and they yeah. might have for like a for something that's not like a ghost pepper or like something that's like engineered for like pepper spray. Probably like the most heat per like square centimeter. Most Scoville per yeah. per you know square area. They were so hot and had so much flavor and. Oh they, man! They got Tom. Tom didn't. I was very conscious of when I was uh, eating them. Tom wasn't, well, and they got I, him in let, the throat. Let me explain dying. what happened. Let me explain what happened. First, I tasted it with the food, and I was like, oh, man, these peppers are awesome. They add the perfect level of spice, and I like spicy, right? So they added a lot of spice, and it was really delicious. It was really flavorful, and it went perfectly with the – it was like a cold salad that we were, we were eating. And A cold, cold salad is just called a salad. No, well, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so – 
It was, they, they were delicious, right? But then I got so tied up with how delicious the salad was that I, I was just like scarfing it down. Like I was going crazy with it. And I didn't realize that I took like a fork full of those tiny little peppers. And I like, I have a tendency to um, eat very quickly. And I basically just inhaled like three of those little peppers that went straight to the back of my throat. I didn't chew them. They just went straight to the back. And all of a sudden, my throat like seized up in the middle of the restaurant. And I was like, I need water. I need my ginger ale. Hi, ginger ale. It was a treat for me. Treat day. Cheat day. Speaking of cheat days, where do we go after? Max and Mina's ice cream parlor. So, as most of you know, I cut my teeth at Eddie's Sweet Shop, which is a 100-year-old ice cream parlor in Firestills. Everything's homemade. It's like stepping back in time. It's in a lot of movies. It was just in some Rebel Wilson movie. Yeah. Um, They're filming um, the Sopranos prequel today and yesterday on Metropolitan Avenue right by Eddie's over there. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, son, Sons of Newark or something? Kings of Newark? Something like that, yeah. Um, so, because I was there and I ate ice cream for free in high school, it's kind of the only place I ever go to. But Tom took me to Max and Mina's, and the owner was the only guy working there. And I was like, oh, try this, try this, try this, try this, try this. I tried, like, eight different ice creams. Yeah. And, like... It, it gets to the point where you're like, I need to order something because otherwise I'm just going to have too many samples and not order anything and feel and like feel bad. bad right? yeah. yeah. So I got uh, one scoop of peanut butter donut and one scoop of Reese's brownie. Yeah. And those both were phenomenal and delicious. They had a dark chocolate Cabernet ice cream and like all these different crazy things. Everything um, that you get there, you look at the flavors and you're like... All right. Um, I don't know how that would taste as an ice cream, and then you taste it, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that's exactly how that tastes as an ice cream." Like dark chocolate and cabernet. Yeah, that's how that tastes as an ice cream. Um, so what I loved about that place, and I and I watched, I watched you. Like this is your first time there. I love just introducing people to the place and then just stepping back and watching them. Because Mark, the owner, will go as soon as he sees people approaching. He goes and gets a fistful of sample spoons. And, like, if you don't sample ice cream from him, you offend him. Like, you have to try the ice cream. And, and he said it. it's like you need to sample things to know what you're getting. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, it's a, definitely a very, um, it's a very family-friendly place. It's a very... Um, specific type of ice cream place, like you know, crazy flavors and really and, good stuff. And only scoops, no, no sundays or, or shakes or anything. It's just ice cream, just scoops of ice cream. Yeah, which is kind of like poetic to me because it's just like <laughs> it, it, you know, when I talk about like Japanese cuisine or Italian cuisine, it's like just letting the thing speak for itself. It's like here, this is like our ice cream, what we're putting in it. That's all we're doing yeah. to it. Oh man, it, it's it's so great, and I loved watching. I loved that you had a great experience there because I mean I knew you were going to have a great experience there but I loved that you had a great experience there because it's really one of those special places in Queens and in New York City it's not very accessible no um like accessible physically yeah <laughs> like to get there yeah so like it, it's a neighborhood place and if you don't live in that neighborhood and I live in the next neighborhood over and it's a pain for me to and get I've there and I've lived there my entire life and I've never been there yeah till just now um, it's on Main Street in the Kew, Garden Kew, Gardens, Hills. Kew Gardens Hills. So I've lived in Forest Hills and I've lived in Kew Gardens. <laughs> it, it, I have lived not lived in, in the Kew adjacent neighborhoods. Yes. And it's been there forever. It's been there for a really long time. Um, 
but I, I mean, I loved it. I, I, and I always love it. My, my in-laws were down visiting last weekend and my, I mentioned to Mark, the owner that my father-in-law is from new England and is a ice cream fanatic. Um, so number one, I took my father-in-law there and he, he loved it. I love that Mark's first question was, what flavor did he get? <laughs> because he understands the, um, the culture of, of ice cream that, you know, the creameries up in New England and how like that's just He called such it a the farm. Mecca of ice cream. The Mecca of ice cream. New England is like the Mecca of ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that was, uh, that was Mike's, Mike's queen fo- Queen's food tour, mini Queen's food tour of the day. Shout out uh, John Wang and the Queen's Night Market for getting a, a big shout out from Peter Parker. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> is it is it Amazing Spider Man or what, oh, I don't know one, what the, I don't know I don't know what, what this print to. is, but uh, they feature the Queen's Night Market in a Spider Man comic book. <laughs> sort of tongue in cheek. I thought it was pretty awesome the way that they did it. Right? It was. Um, it used to be called. What was the name of that? The place? Bar with No Name. But the Bar with No Name. Where was that? That was. That's I think like Hell's Kitchen. Or it, lo- I think it was up in like Harlem, actually. Where was it? Hell's Kitchen. I, I thought it's a Daredevil thing, so I thought it was Hell's. No, Daredevil has his own bar. Yeah, Daredevil's got that own bar. This this place I think was up in Harlem. I think it's sort of it's not a Luke Cage place, but it's a it it it's this in folklore. Um, it was this bar in that you know heroes and villains could go to and uh, just hang out in in the Marvel universe. And comic book geeks, you know, please let us know what, that we're wrong. You're confusing that's what you it do. with Midnight's. I am confusing it with Midnight's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Midnight's is a different bar where people, where good and bad people would go. The bar with no name is only for criminals. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now I got it. <laughs> anyway, so apparently we're in, a lifestyle podcast. We're yeah, not just we food. In one of the iterations of uh, of the Spider-Man comic, uh, I guess the bar with no name has been destroyed. And in it, a, it, a panel, right? What did it say? It said, "With New York rent the way it is." <laughs> They just, they're all at the Queen's Night Market. They're all like in a, yeah, in a small little stand at the Queen's Night Market is where, where the evil, I don't know, where everyone meets to discuss the demise of Spider-Man and, you know, all of the heroes. But yeah, so anyway, that was a long about, long, long roundabout way of saying shout out to Queen's Night Market. two pages of comic book. I was describing it like it took longer than reading the actual comic. So go find it. It's somewhere. Go follow us on Oh, well, all let's throw social. it up on social media. We'll yeah, throw we'll it throw it up on, it up social, on media. social. Um, so what else? What else do we got to talk about today? Not not much. I don't have any food news prepared. We weren't really sure what we were going to do today besides record and eat. I've got food news. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, lay it on me. Have you um have you seen that grilled cheese truck? Uh, the dollar grilled cheese? Yes. I don't know anything about it. I just saw a photo of it somewhere. Okay. So it's basically, it's a designer. He's a he's an artist and he lives, I believe he's up in New England. His name is Daniel Danger. And he, um, I, he just put this tweet up saying that, you know, he's going to retire or whatever it is. Um, and he's going to open up this grilled cheese cart. And like... The cart will basically be... Okay, here it is. My post-art plan is opening a grilled cheese cart. It will serve $1 grilled cheese made with white bread, bulk cheese, bulk butter, and that's it. Greasy as hell, no options, no artisan, nothing. There will be no charge. You give me $5, you're getting 5 You figure out your own life. No change. No change. No change. <laughs> Sorry. Not no charge. You give me $5, you're getting 5 You figure out your own life. The business card and cart will be called $1 grilled cheese with not a lick of irony or cleverness. It will be an impact font, black on cheese yellow. It will decimate every other food truck or cart out there. 
It's 1 a.m. You're stumbling out of a bar or a show. What do you want? Do you want to wait outside some asinine truck for a $12 deconstructed grilled cheese with avocado, avocado relish that takes 20 goddamn minutes? Or do you want five no-bullshit grilled cheeses stacked in wax paper for $5? It's like 10% the cost of product when, you're, when you aim low, as I will aim quality-wise, and a built-in upsell because, once again, I do not give change. Money goes into a slot, and that's that. Figure your shit out. Also, my cart will have a boombox cranking doo-wop classics. <laughs> then he's got a gift saying, don't you fucking dare ask me for a tomato slice. And it's... Uh, oh, we can curse you now, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, so then he posted up a... Uh, he mocked up a design for the trailer. And it says, $1 grilled cheese. <laughs> don't ask for a goddamn tomato slice, or I swear to God, I will reach through the window and pull you inside and hold your head against the griddle, which will be embarrassing for you. That's what it says. So anyway, I like this guy. I think this guy is awesome. Um, I need to get him on the podcast. I don't think he is going to want to... I think he's going to want to do it for like a week and then be like, oh, wow, food service sucks. <laughs> Not if you're selling dollar grilled cheese to drunk people. <laughs> that, no? I, you don't think so? I think it's... Unless he is he like rich? Is he like really rich? No, if, he's just a, he's a designer. This is a, this is just a silly thing that he know. decided if, to do. If he's like really rich, then yeah, okay. Like um, the kid that plays uh, Ron Weasley, who's not a kid anymore, he's like a grown man. Uh, I don't know where this is going or he, how this is. He went back to England and he bought an ice cream truck, and he during the summer he drives he around and gives kids ice cream. Yeah. Well, does his truck? have um this writing no, on the side of the truck gives kids ice cream because the writing on the side of the truck says of the grilled cheese truck says this side of the truck is not for customers do not approach this window is for me to thousand yard stare out every time someone tells me that they like my idea but that i could have made more money if i charged two dollars or three dollars <laughs> yes carol i know how money works the window is aimed at a nearby meadow where a family of deer often gather and one time i saw an owl so i'm holding out hope i get to see the owl again when i'm ready to get back to you when i'm ready to get back to selling to you utilitarian eats at rock bottom prices for my own amusement i will let you know do not ask me how long i will be it'll just make me stare longer if you would like to discuss friday night lights however then okay (laughs) and then on the other side in big black lattice it says no i do not know where a bathroom is this is here. I'm. I, well, I'm sell, not going to turn this around. I'm not going to turn it around because we're. Does we're he in, sell drinks? No. Oh. He, and actually, he addresses that at one point. Um, in this really big tweet storm. Okay, here we go. Apparently, y'all want drinks. Once again, I will provide a garden hose for cleaning, drinking, and spraying troublemakers. Having drinks means bags of ice and a huge cooler taking up too much space and heavy lifting at Costco. And I fell off a cliff once. So nuts to all that. So there Fair. we go. There we go. And I, I, I don't know. And then he says, no, this is a tweet like storm. So this is the second. And then 2A, which is the next tweet, it says, going to take a brief moment to shout out my own personal mixed drink, the brand Loyalty, which is when you pour what's left of a lukewarm Pepsi from the terminal into the free Coke on ice from the in-flight crew, then steer into nothingness for two to six hours. So I love this guy. He's awesome. He's out of his mind. And he's great. <laughs> anyway. Um, that's, that's my food news. That's not really food news. It was just something that was really amusing to me. Uh, and I, I hope everybody is amused as I am reading crazy tweets and Twitter, listening to me read Twitter, tweeters. 
I don't know. Mike, let's take a break. Let's take a break. Yeah. And then we'll come back and we'll talk drinks. Okay, perfect. All right. This is the Not A Foodie Show. We're not on the radio. This is the podcast. (laughs) At Not A Foodie Show on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll be back in like whenever we feel like coming back. Probably like five seconds. Right after this. Bye. And we're back. Thanks for tuning in to the Not A Foodie Show, the podcast. The podcast. The podcast episode. (laughs) (laughs) The echoey dining room podcast episode. Mike, for the first like 20 episodes of the Not A Foodie Show, when we were not in a studio, I really... We were just like, oh, it sounds great. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Now I'm like, oh my God, it's so echoey and gross. (laughs) Spoiled. Yes. Humble beginnings. Exactly. Started from the bottom. (laughs) Started from an echoey, gross room. Not much has changed. Now we're back. (laughs) Um, So... Let's talk about cocktails. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to have an adios, motherfucker. I don't know what that is. No, I'm kidding. I just want to curse because we don't get to curse anymore. Uh, it, an adios, motherfucker, is a blue Long Island. So uh, Wait, I don't need. I don't know what that is. And I'm a, from a Long, Long Island. Island iced tea. Okay. But instead of uh, triple sec, you use blue curacao. And instead of Coke, you use Sprite. Okay. Can you go through what's in a Long Island iced tea? Everything. I know. I know. But what's everything? Do vodka, you... tequila, gin, rum, white white vodka, white gin, white tequila, white rum, and whiskey. Okay. And triple sec. And then you use... Sour mix and So is Coke. it... But is it all equal parts? Yeah. Yeah. And then... I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter no. if you're making that sort of yeah. a drink. It's just hooch. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but it's then, delicious hooch. Then an adios motherfucker is the same thing except blue. Why? And where was this invented? Um, and what is you just you just got lazy because you just wanted to no, say no, no, no. I, I have an actual drink. That was a joke drink. Oh, okay. Um I but I'll give you people like blue drinks. That's a thing. Especially in the nineties, it was all like red devils and Alabama slammers, which are both like bright red or like right. weird blue drinks. Because it was like, Oh, look at this poison I'm putting in my body. <laughs> or like Midori. Midori's radioactive green. <laughs> I blame I blame the movie Cocktail. Cocktail? So I watched Cocktail in college. Uh-huh. What a movie about not bartending. What do you mean? It's about... Okay. The, he is at like that, that spot in Queens, that Irish pub in Queens. Like That's like the highlight of it. Um, Because it's like... It, it's not about bartending. It's a love story. It's a well, weird what? love story. I mean, that's and like then, saying Bull Durham's not about baseball. No, it's Bull Durham story. is totally about baseball. But... <laughs> Bull Durham is significantly more about baseball than cocktails about bar. Cocktails a love story where the guy's a bartender. Okay. Bull Durham's about baseball. Uh, but it, there's no love story, and uh, you're saying that cocktail it's about a, it's a love story first, and then it's yes. about bartending. So uh-huh. and it's I a think, love story. I mean, first of all, every movie has some has some sort of love story. Yeah, so it's no. a love story with a backdrop of, yeah, of bartending. But Bull Durham is equal parts a baseball movie and a love story. Why? Because Bull Durham has the, probably the best sports scene ever where he has that at bat scene. I mean, you don't think that and there's some good bar scenes in cocktail? No, no one no. was doing flair before cocktail. The, bar, I will say the cocktail was more influential in the bar scene than uh, – like, you know the bar that he was bartending at? It was TGI Fridays. Like, that's that, – oh. that movie made TGI Fridays into TGI okay. Fridays because TGI Fridays, the first one was up on the Upper East Side. And, like, that was that became the model for TGI Fridays. So, like, there were no TGI Fridays, or the TGI Fridays wasn't that big thing until Cocktail came Here are out. my two favorite parts of that movie. Okay. Uh, when they're singing Chantilly Lace when they're shit-faced. Okay. It's, like, weird that I can curse now because I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like hesitant. And then um, 
when she's like, I need a Cuba Libre. And he's like, a what? A what? A what? And then she's like, a rum and coke. He's like, why don't you just say a rum and coke? Yeah. <laughs> that. That. All right. Well, anyway, I think that uh, I think that it is a movie about bartenders with a love story in the backdrop. And But so my drink. Oh, so do you have a new drink? Yes. The okay. Cover Club. Oh, yeah. It's a what? great drink. That is a great drink. It's essentially a raspberry gin sour. So okay. you take a raspberry syrup, so like a simple syrup with muddled raspberries that you make and put to the side. Two ounces of gin, one egg white, some lemon juice, and some of that raspberry syrup. Give me the history of that one. You know that uh, one? The Clover Club is a bar in yeah. the city. Yeah, really that good. Was their signature cocktail from yep. a million years ago. Yep. yep. And it's just yummy. And it is I, yummy. Um, my girlfriend asked me to put together a couple of gin cocktails for a coworker for his birthday. Mm-hmm. I didn't put that one on, but when I was like doing research, I like it came up. I was like, oh yeah, I haven't had one of these in a long time. So, and it All fits right. my, uh, I like to drink gin. All right. It's a summertime drink. It is. It is a, like I, th- I think I've said multiple times on this podcast, I will have gin with my steak any time of year, but once the summertime comes, it's predominantly gin, you know? I switch from bourbon and whiskey to gin. I think that uh, that that's that. All right. Well, I'm not going with a gin cocktail this this week. I'm doing. I need you to name this for me. We're doing another Again? one of these. Okay. We're doing another What's one of these. What's the spirit? It's um mezcal. It's okay. a Paloma, but okay. it's a Paloma that uses a little bit of lime juice to counteract the the grapefruit. Um, so a traditional Paloma is grapefruit juice. No, it's squirt. What? Squirt grapefruit soda. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I like a real, that. like, if you go to Mexico and get a Paloma, they make it with a squirt or jaritos. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Yeah. I've been drinking Palomas forever, and I don't think I've ever had one like that. Mm-hmm. Because it's like squirt, so people would rather do it with grapefruit juice and lime yeah. and seltzer and everything. Well, so anyway, this is, uh, it's grapefruit juice and tequila usually. Um, yeah. I'm going to do it with mezcal, and I'm going to do it with, with grapefruit juice and lime juice. So I would do... Uh, you know, mostly grapefruit juice with maybe a little squeeze of lime juice in there. Um, but what I want to do is on the rim, I want to do like a tagine instead of um, a salted rim. So it's not like a salty I, dog or anything like that. I would like just that. call that a mezcal paloma. With tagine. Yeah. A spicy mezcal paloma. Um, no, I wouldn't even call it spicy. Well, I, like I haven't gotten to the, I was just going to say, I haven't gotten to the garnish yet, and it's a thinly sliced jalapeno that just floats on top. I would muddle the jalapeno in with the uh, mezcal. Okay. All right, maybe I'll do that. We made um, watermelon margaritas last week. Who was we? Me and some buddies mm-hmm. with blended watermelon and Patron and lime and a half a jalapeno and agave. Oh, that's it. That's my it drink. Was, yeah. I mean, I, I, I do that whenever I get a fresh watermelon. Yeah. Like, I, I absolutely do that. And I, because I used to have, like, I still I have a pepper garden in my backyard and my jalapeno tree is prolific. It always just grows tons of jalapenos so like right around the end of june beginning of july every cocktail that i have has jalapeno shout it. out to me for bringing a jalapeno and a two uh, not jalapeno a watermelon and a two pound ribeye from 110th street to uh, sorry 116th street to uh 57th street this did, week did you walk with it i walked from columbus circle <laughs> so no you didn't you i took carried it away. there was a lot of it, i transported it it was not easy you want a pat on the back for that i want a spicy want a watermelon out. margarita all right that's for it. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i think that's about all the time we have left on the not a foodie podcast show <laughs> podcasts i don't know what, what the name of the show is now um 
but we're gonna we're gonna keep recording podcasts. We've actually got guests that are already booked for the summer. Um, but we and just those will be in studio. Yeah, we'll do those in the studio. We're still, you know, at Radio Rampa recording our show. We just decided that uh, you know, we were we were tired of sticking for the summer we needed a break from the schedule where we were recording once a week for you know taking up pretty much a whole day um so enjoy the summer listen for our podcasts they'll be coming out um and that's it anything else you gotta add no i'm really excited for uh, a couple of guests that we have booked for the rest of the summer and i hope everyone has a great summer yes It'll be a good time enjoy your palomas and watermelon margaritas goodbye see ya Foodie.